Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. What's up, guys? We are so excited to launch our new show, Health Theory. While mindset is absolutely critical to personal growth, your mindset will never improve until your health does. I'm telling you, the mind and the body are so connected, it's freaky. So we're going to be diving into topics such as the microbiome, ketogenics, sleep, and more. It's going to be available for download starting March 7th. Come check it out. internet wasn't working yes. for a second but now we're here what's up what's everybody? everybody welcome to relationship theory and we do sideways we can film it sideways that's amazing let's do it here we are sideways we i wonder how many people are like time. why do these guys do it sideways i love it i prefer it like this is what we always do amazing Facebook, yeah. <laughs> what's up everybody all right here we go we're kicking off today's Oh, actually, before we get into relationship theory, we should tell you we have a new show coming up called Health Theory, which launches tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. I just woke At what time? I actually just did that. I loved it. It's good stuff. It's almost as good as the uh, horizontal video feed here. (laughs) Relationship Theory is releasing tomorrow on YouTube, guys, at 7 a.m. Is that right, Cindy? 7 a.m. PST. There it is. 7 a.m. PST. On your show. Super excited. Hello, hello. What's up? Andres, Andre Garcia has an S, Michelle. but Michelle, what's up, Michelle? Shady Working uh, from far away. Alexa's in All the right, house. Lindsay. So let's Urtiza, get... that's a name. I like that. All right. So, um, keep talking. Wow. Vamp. In- um, so Inspire ba- them clown. Is that one of those <laughs> moments? That's my wife, everybody. Inspire them clown. That, that's like her, her mantra over here. Put them in. Inspire them, baby. What's up, Daniel Breeze? All right. How's it going, so, man? Um, please, Antonis. guys, sub- please submit your questions. We're actually answering Ollie. them What's live. up, Ollie? Um, and Jesse yes, Krim. let's get going. All right. So we're going to kick it off with a would you rather question. Love it when you guys answer with us. We always go back and reread them. So um, here we go. Would you rather have a partner who values health or a partner who values wealth? Can't have both. Oh, that's easy. That that's like way easy. In fact, this is a trick question because if you answer this wrong, like you're really Health, in trouble. I mean, of course, a hundred percent. Like, yeah. The easiest way for me to explain that is if I give you seven point four billion dollars and you die the next day, like, what good does that do you? Nothing. Yeah. So yeah. That's true. For sure. All right. So now let's get to the kickoff question. Kickoff question is from Alex Tapigo. First time catching you live. Yay! Um, Love what you both... Well, it might have been one from last week, to be Uh, honest. 
Um, but yes, please guys submit and we're answering live. What would you both do for the community? Uh, I love what you both do for the community. I've been slowly giving hints to my significant other to add vegetables and more movement in her life now as we are looking to start trying to have children in six to seven Ooh. months. Part of me feels like it's moving too slow, but I'm stuck in the mindset that we are, that we practice now will we'll better well, better her pregnancy what and the we health. practice now yeah. thank you um better her pregnancy and the health of our child how would you approach this wow Ooh. um so danger danger will robinson i knew you were gonna say oh. that i so is even... there another answer like is there any oh is there another answer i really want to know what you think about this because I actually don't know that I'm the right person to um, give advice in this question. I have a strategy, but so this I guess, is so well, Okay, so our, uh, shall I answer as if it was me and you? Yes. Okay, me and Tom. So you guys... Which is cheating. Me. Why is it Full cheating? Full disclosure. Because we both have a growth mindset. Yeah, that's true. Um, so I guess at least for me, what would... Let me just put the mic in. Sorry, guys. We're a little unorganized today. Hopefully that sounds better. There we go. All right. So, for me, what resonates is hard facts. So, if you were to say, and I think you need to do this in a very sensitive way because a woman's health and a woman's um, physique and all of that is very sensitive. Like, women have self-esteem issues. And so, for me, even if you were like, look, you need to freaking eat this, like, there has to be sensitivity behind it. Mm -hmm. But I think, for me, facts would really help. So, what are those facts? Like, Okay, people who eat like this, this is the outcome for the child. I mean, right now we're just discovering things about natural birth versus cesareans. Um, that, and I'm probably going to butcher this, but let me see if I remember. Um, people who are actually born um, through natural birth have generally better microbiomes. Because if you're a cesarean baby, you actually don't have any microbes in your body when you're a fetus. So when you come out through the natural birth canal... All the bacteria and the good cells basically get swallowed by the baby and create the lining for the microbiome for the child. But if you have if you have a cesarean, then you actually don't give the child that um, protective layer of initial microbiome. Is that right? You're so close. So the only difference is that you're going to get a microbiome one way or the other. But somebody that goes through the vaginal canal will get the bacteria that starts from the vagina, which is how we develop. Somebody who's born cesarean will get skin bacteria and the bacteria from other people's skin. So the people working in the hospital and uh, the you know parents and all that. Right. But it's skin-based microbiome, okay, skin and sorry. mouth, I think. Um, so and that we just didn't evolve for that. So they get from a digestive standpoint, it's way, way, way inferior, less diverse, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So, so just that alone made me go, okay, well, if I had, had a child, like I and absolutely was the type of person before I heard that was like, well, yeah, like why wouldn't you have a cesarean if it meant like less danger for you, less danger for the baby. But in understanding the science of it, now I can actually make a much more informed decision and say, well, actually that isn't the right decision. So... If it's something like that where you're fearing that the food that she's putting in the in her body is actually going to have an effect on the child, I think you need to find, at least for me, find studies, find um, proof, find data, and sit down and read it with her. And then have it as a discussion versus a preach. If you preach, I think, to if you were to preach to me like, oh, hey, you need to be eating vegetables, you need to be doing this, it'd be hard. I'd feel like you were like... 
you know, my dad and you were like telling me what to do versus having that joint conversation and then deciding as a couple what is best for both of your, ch- your, your child? So I would take a very similar approach, but my thing would go like this. So first of all, just being brutally honest and saying what matters. And my thing is, I'm not having a child unless like we're going to take steps to make sure that it's healthy. And so I would come armed with the data that you're talking about and say, okay, here's, I've researched this. Here's what I know. Like gestational diabetes scares the life out of me. And so like I would be, uh, I know me well enough to know that I would be very direct on this because I, I just, there's no room for fucking around. So it would, I would start with, okay, let's agree on certain things. Can we agree that doing whatever is best for the child during pregnancy is critically important? Yes. Okay, great. So knowing that, can we agree that you're now, you have to eat according to the needs of the child? Yes. Okay. Then we would agree on what those needs mm-hmm, are, mm-hmm. which you would not enjoy, by the way, because it would feel very like regimented and you would feel like you weren't necessarily being taken into consideration. And that's why I say like, I, I know the way that I would handle this. And it's very specific to you and I, because I know that I would get you to the other side of that, but I would need to have an agreement where you and I agreed that it, it would be essentially eating for the child. Now, all of that, I'll just stop there because what's hiding in all of this is the real issue, which is forget the kid for a second, which makes it way too easy. Now, let's say you want to have that conversation about your partner not eating healthy and there's no child coming because that's infinitely more difficult. And that's where it gets into like the danger, danger, Will Robinson conversation because there's so much emotion tied up in body image. And I'm not sure that it... It's probably more so for women, but it's not a lot. I think people really, really I think people really underestimate how many men struggle with body image. Hmm. They may not struggle in the same way. I don't know. I, I haven't thought deeply enough about that to give you a real answer. But knowing that it's still something that's potent for me, that I'm going to imagine that it's potent for a lot of men. So now I will say that men aren't judged as much for their um, physical attractiveness as women are. They're more judged for their access to resources. So that is definitely more difficult. There's more societal pressure on you. You need only look at a movie starring a 50-year-old guy who's married to a sort of vaguely 28-year-old woman who's way too good looking for him to see like sort of how that plays out. Um, also, just quick fact, women find guys within it's something like a four-year um, time window from them attractive so four years down or four years up mm-hmm. that's what they find attractive so as they get older that window moves with them guys find 23 year olds attractive period regardless of their age mm-hmm. so that seeing that graph was hilarious and terrifying for men so anyway super dangerous conversation having that conversation with your significant other is is a minefield of untold proportions so now it's like step one you've got to make sure that they have a growth mindset so getting them there and making an untold number of deposits so the important thing even with the kid conversation is when i hurt your feelings which is bordering on inevitable even trying to handle this as delicately as possible if you ask and answer the question does he love me do i know that do i feel that like to the core of my being if the answer is yes Okay, we're going to get through this. If the answer is, I'm not so sure, then this is going to seem like an attack. Mm. And that's where you can't, like, you unwinding that is nearly impossible. And the, the person who feels accused, attacked, 
is going to put you on your heels by saying like, hey, you're attacking me. I don't feel love. Like, what the fuck? You're not in perfect shape. Who are you to tell me? Right? And then the person's like, they're going to backpedal mm. and they're not going to stand their ground and say, look, I really believe in this and all that because they're going to see how much upset it's causing in the person. Now, once they've got you on the backpedal, what's happening psychologically is that person feels like they are justified now in coming after you. So now it's like, no, 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 that's not what I meant. You don't understand. And then they're going to soft shoe and soft sell and undercut and basically lie about why it is that it's important mm-hmm. to them. So having all of the deposits in the world so that when they ask that, deposits meaning you can't make a withdrawal like you need to eat more vegetables, which means AKA I don't think you're healthy, which AKA let's stop bullshitting ourselves. You don't look good. That's how they'll perceive it 100%. So... You've got to make sure that they feel sexy, that you've made them feel that exactly as they are. Then that you love them beyond all reason and measure. And that once you like, when they feel that to the core of their being, then you can start presenting things like, hey, let's work out together, which honestly doing it as a way to do something together, to bond together, um, the long play is, First of all, I would start going to the gym myself. I would be eating right myself. And then I would do things like, let me cook you a meal. And I would cook them a super healthy meal so that it was like a bonding moment. And then I would say, like with video games, hey, working out's awesome and I'm getting all these amazing results. I would love to do it with you. I would love for it to be a shared thing. So that like even the process, like you're bonding. So that that's what I would do. And positive reinforcement. 100%. So when you actually got to your heaviest when we were first married, or not first, a few years in, um, you were mass gaining, trying to put on muscle, but obviously you were eating everything in sight because you thought the more calories you were taking, the more muscle you would put on. So you got to a point where you were actually quite heavy. Yeah. And we just found a photo, which... I was fat. Thumbs up if you want me to... You're you to post the yeah, photo at yeah, some yeah. point. He was... Just found it. It was... Yeah, you were pretty big, baby. Um, but again, I remember that moment. I remember thinking like, huh, like he, he's putting on muscle, but you're obviously getting very heavy. And so I was like, how do I handle that? Because he's literally eating everything inside. And I'm thinking like, that can't be good for you. Um, and like when I met you, obviously you were much slimmer. So I was like, how do I navigate these waters? Because I don't want you to feel like I'm beating you down, that I'm not attracted to you. And to give you that, I was 60 or 70 pounds lighter than when she's talking about. Lighter? Yeah. What do you mean? When we met. Right, when we met compared to when then when you got heavy, yes. Um, it wasn't insignificant. So it was, right. So um, I just tried positive reinforcement, right? So when you were at the gym, you know, I would watch you and be like, oh, when you lifted that weight, babe, I really saw the definition look really sexy, right? Like positive reinforcement on the things I want to see more of. And then the more I was doing it, the more like you were trimming back. Can I make it really hard for you? Yeah. What would you do though if I didn't start on my own? What do you mean if you didn't start? Like how do you get the person to go to the gym for the first time or to eat right for the first time? Yeah, I mean, I think what the what you said is actually perfect, right? It's like make it a bonding thing. So if you can make cooking a bonding thing and like have fun and go to the store or choose a recipe together and and you hate cooking, so this would actually never work with you. Um, But so in fact, okay, so I can't use that cooking if I'm going to be real and I can't use that because that would never work on you. In fact, I would make you healthy meals that you really enjoy. So what I actually do on the weekend is I get Quest chips and I put them on a pan and then I get cheese and I get some pepperoni and some um, olives and I make him low-carb nachos. And you love them. 
So it's like finding something that he actually loves that is also good for you, like I think is a great way of doing it. Um, and then, yeah, I think I would like go swimming or do something that could potentially, cause, so if it was like slightly sexual, I think I could really get you bought in on it. So putting on a bikini, getting sexy, hey babe, let's go to the pool, and then playing in the pool, and then said, hey, should we do some laps? Like I would try to do, or like, I wanna hug you on your back, and I would literally, this is in fact exactly what I would do, I would go on your back and be like, now swim babe, like, so that there's like this fun to it, and I think that's so important to um, make sure that, yeah, because for you, I think it, the sexual side of it would be much more um, attractive to you to yeah but so <clears throat> this is one of those don't let us bamboozle you i don't think we've given you any good answers and i think the truth is i would have tried all of those things that i just said though 100 percent, and they will work on some people but i know like if i because what really happens is the other person is deeply insecure about how they look and it is such a crushing thing in their life that I wouldn't feel, like if I felt fat, here's the good news, when I was at my heaviest, I was blind to it. Until, tell this one story and then we need to move on. Went to see a friend I hadn't seen in years, she didn't see me since I had put on the muscle, and so I wore my tightest t-shirt and I thought she was gonna say, oh my God, I can't believe how much muscle you put on, you look amazing, and she didn't say a word. And then I turned to you after we saw her and I said, wow, I can't believe she didn't say anything about how much muscle I put on. I have totally transformed my physique. And you said, innocently enough, maybe, maybe she just thought you got fat. And I was like, <laughs> And the funny thing is, I actually didn't mean that as like, it kind of you, sounds mean now. Nope, but I you, just... you were not being mean and I will testify before Congress on that fact. <laughs> you didn't say it mean, you weren't cruel, it wasn't snide, nothing. And it partly because you were so like, oh, maybe she just thought you got fat. That I was like, what the fuck? But you fuck? can't say that to a woman. Like, if you said that to me, like, oh, babe, maybe she just thought you got right. fat. Like, I'd be like, how can you say that? Like, that would actually upset me. Sure. What's your point? Just that you saying that to somebody may have a different reaction. Correct. But I'm saying, like, this is already so hard and so devastating. The only thing that got you out of it in that moment was I didn't think of myself as fat. If I did, uh, and I were emotionally raw about uh, it, and you were dressing in a bikini, all I'm gonna be thinking is, the last thing in the universe I wanna do is get in my swimsuit. Mm. So you're thinking like, oh, the hooks into me is the sexual side, because I didn't conceive of myself as fat. I wasn't like, even though looking back now, I was super heavy, I, I didn't lament that. Mm. We have to move on. We stuck to totally. this question a long time. Sorry, guys. Um, hopefully that was useful though. So shout out to Australia, Japan, how do you pronounce that? Where are we at? Move your cursor more, I have no idea. Aha, uh -huh. Moab. Moab? Yeah. It's Moab. Alabama, Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> Palm Springs, Washington State, and Florida. Washington What's State, up, people? in the house. All right, moving on. Please submit your questions and we will answer them live. Going over to Nicholas Nelson. When one of us has a chronic illness that will greatly impact many aspects of daily life, how would you suggest handling those boundaries and challenges? Wow, that was mumbling today um well in fact so we have for you, those of you who don't know um i've been dealing with um major illness 
um, for the last three years, my digestion, um, very difficult to eat. So that has changed every aspect of our lives. We used to really celebrate over food. We would, you know, if, if celebrate an occasion, open champagne, get some dessert, go to a buffet. Like that was our jam. And we would go to buffets for nine hours. No joke. That's our record. Nine hour buffet. We weren't eating the whole time. Um, but we just sat there and spoke. Literally, we just, didn't we? Just like, talked each other's ear off and then we'd go to the buffet and get a dish and share it and it was this whole experience and then that just went away because I couldn't really eat so our entire lives changed my hormones changed which then changed how I was towards you I was becoming very emotional which I'd never been before um I'm not a person that cries much and all of a sudden I was like breaking down in his office at Quest and um so yeah things very much changed um, so I'll say how I handled the situation. Um, from the person that was sick, I told myself that this isn't just happening to me. Like, I'm not a woe is me type of person. So the truth is, this isn't just happening to me. It's affecting you as well. It's affecting you in every aspect. All the things that you enjoy doing now, I can't participate in. Um, so all these occasions that we'd built up, like, that affects you. Now you're having to deal with my emotions and navigate around my emotions because when somebody's upset, even though I knew my emotions were running away from me and just, like, I couldn't control them, um, you can't turn around to me and say, you're being crazy and emotional because that just would have made things worse. So you having to navigate the waters and how to communicate with me, us figure out how we're communicating with each other, um, was very difficult. And so what I did is I literally reminded myself, this isn't happening just to me, it's happening to him too. He's getting affected by this as well. How do we do this together? And I think from a perspective point of view, that made a massive difference because like, I knew I couldn't be selfish. And that made me feel better about myself, oddly enough. Like almost saying, how are you doing, baby? How are you handling this? Um, Obviously, our sex life have to change somewhat because there were certain things that I just couldn't, you can't throw me on the bed like you would like to because I was fragile. Um, so things like that really did affect us. And I think you have to discuss it and you have to talk about every little thing in every moment, um, at least for me, where it was like, okay, well, I need to handle this. I need to get better at this. I'm sorry. Like, I would apologize if later I realized I act emotional um, because I don't think that even though I'm the one going through the illness, that it's just happening to me. So it has to be both. So I'll just add to that, that you need to agree on what your strategies are going to be going into it. So can we agree that you're only going to do things and move you towards your goal, which your goal is to get better uh, or to mitigate the symptoms, whatever the case may be. And if they say yes, then it's like, okay, well, is that thing that you're about to do going to move you towards your goal or away from your goal? If it's going to move you away from your goal, then we're not going to do it. And I think that that, that is goal in really this, important. But in relationship, what do you mean by that? So they're saying, what are the tactics for dealing with if somebody has a chronic illness that's going to impact your daily life? Right. Yeah. So you you have to get them to buy into the fact that they're only going to do things and move them towards their goals. So for instance, if you were eating something you're not supposed to be eating, or you're pushing your meal off to the wrong time, or whatever it is that you're doing, it's like I've got to be able to say, hey, you're not move, Holding you're not doing the things right, well. exactly. And then also you said that I couldn't just say that you're being crazy, but 100%, you've got to get to the point where you can tell them they're being crazy. Yeah, there's, but I'm just saying there's certain ways to do it. You just can't say yes. it like that. Like, look, baby, and because what you would say to me is you wouldn't be like, you're fucking crazy, like, what's going on? You would say, look, baby, 
No, I, I understand 100%. Like so here, there's, it's a two-part process. One, you have to get them to agree that you sure. are going to call them out. And then two, you've got to let them go way beyond anything. Like if reason is here, you've got to let them go way the hell over here before you say anything. Right. But you've definitely got to agree that you are going to say something and then be very respectful about when you say it. Sure. But you've got to be willing but to say But my point it. was there's certain ways you, you can handle it. And it's not just blurting out, you're acting crazy. What you would say to me is like, hey, baby, you're not acting like yourself. Is there something I can help with? Is there something I can do? Because right now, the way you're communicating, right? Like you would take me through the process. Like, the, is there something I can help with the way you're communicating? Um, I don't know how to handle this situation. Like, what are you actually feeling so that we can do this together? Like that sort of thing made me feel like we were as a team versus you sitting there going like, you're acting really emotional. Why are you acting like that? Like two very different responses. One's going to get my back up and be like, what do you mean I'm emotional? Like that just would have like almost pushed, pushed, pushed over the edge. But you weren't. You were very supportive, but still called me on it. So I think that's important to do both. Totally. Okay. All right, next question. This comes from Ali Akbarian. Are you answering questions? Yes, we are. Um, if yes, I have one from my experience. So for 10 years, I have had a growing weight problem. Uh, sorry, I've had a weight problem. My wife and I kept saying we will sort the issue out as a team. And she also tried a lot to help by saying that she will cook better foods, prepare better things, etc. So this was a big failure and resulted in a lot of tension and issues between us as she would not cook the right foods or would forget and it was not a priority for her. Then I realized that this is really my thing, not hers. And I need to take my own responsibility for my diet. After I did this, I have found it to be much more successful and I've lost about 35 kilograms in the last 12 months as a result. That's amazing. Congratulations. Um, now, though, I want her to take on the diet side of things and I feel it is now awkward to push it on her. We have great communication and transparency in our relationship. And is he saying that he wants her to lose weight as well? Now that I want her to take on the diet side of things and I feel it is now awkward to push it on her. Well, so if he's talking about her also now dieting this goes back to what we were talking about before which is do it as a couple get them involved show her what you've been cooking get her excited to join you on the journey um if it's just the cooking side of things then i would say that his first response quite frankly is the right response which is it's not her responsibility now, i don't know what their dynamic is and if he works and the agreement is he works and she cooks and he just wants her to cook healthy food um, and then it, it seems like a pretty simple, straightforward conversation. But I'm guessing, since he's saying it's not, that there's something I don't quite understand. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure. But um, I have a question, because he says that it resulted in a lot of, a lot of tensions and issues. Um, one thing is, like, do you still hold that against her? Like, I don't know. I sense something like that in this question. Um, like, have you let go? Because you do say, yes, it was my responsibility. But, um, yeah, I think how that that was resolved makes a big difference on then how you handle this next um, issue. But, um, but like going back to me and you and my health issues, it was we did handle it as a couple, even on the food side of things. So when it was birthdays or big occasions, um, I couldn't eat the celebratory food that was in front of me and you were like, no, I'm not having it either. Um, and so you were very supportive like that. 
Um, and I think that any couple that's doing things where they want to encourage the other person to, um, you know, uh, eat a certain way or be a certain way, I think that doing it like make doing it alone doesn't help. But if you're saying like, hey, let's do this together, I'm in it with you. Because the one quote I love is sink or swim, either way we're going together. Like I use that so many times and I really do embody it and believe it to my core. And so anything that you're struggling with, it's like if I can be a part of that and succeed with you or fail with you, at least you know that you've got a partner in it. And I think that's very important. You can say something? Yeah, but it will just end up getting in a long-winded answer. But yes, that, that point is very, very valid. All right. Um, all right, so would you rather segment, um, we're gonna, and I haven't read these, but I'll read them out and then you guys answer along with us. Okay, so would you rather, <laughs> Michelle, would you rather, <laughs> okay, here we go. Would you rather watch your partner suffer from a health problem without the ability to help or give health advice to your partner, but they don't take it? Whoa! Ooh, would you rather watch your honestly the the first without the ability to help? Yeah, because it wouldn't if if there's just nothing you can do, it's not going to be a strain in your relationship. Mm. But if there's something you can do and they're not doing it, that would be very stressful. Well, in fact, let let me give a perfect example. So I have to eat three hours before I go to bed because of my digestion, it's very slow and blah, blah, blah. So I actually have to eat three hours before. And sometimes I get so caught up with work that I look at the time and I realize, wow, I'm way behind. I'm maybe 30 minutes or an hour behind Mm. um, because we always go to bed at nine o'clock together. So if I'm past that for the first couple of times, you're like, don't worry, baby, I'll, I'll stay up with you. And then by like the third or fourth, you're like, okay, this is becoming a habit. I can't keep staying up. Um, what's the solution? Like, is it that we make food earlier, that we cook together earlier? Like, what is that solution? Because I'm not willing to keep staying up all this time when it's in our control. And so we had a discussion, we went through it, and I somehow still end up slipping and not be, not eating on time. And so eventually, like, okay, well, I'm just going to go to bed at nine. And I actually said to you, I need to not have that pressure because... I'd ideally love to be ahead of schedule and be able to eat at six so that we can go to bed to bed together at nine. But if I can't, now you're getting annoyed with me because you part of you feels guilty. Oh, I really should wait up with her. But at the same time, I've tried to help her get to the answer and she's ignoring the advice. So why really should I wake wait up when it's affecting me too? And so we just had the agreement after that was like, all right, look, babe, don't stay up with me. Like, I'm going to try my best, but I can't have the stress and pressure of you're going to be upset with me if I miss that time. So what we've done since is if I miss my time schedule and you need to go to bed early and I can't go to bed, then we just kiss each other goodnight and you go to bed and I then, you know, go off and um, go to bed later. But that has actually helped having that, okay, well, you tried, I didn't succeed at really getting strategic on my execution. Um, and so we found a solution so that neither of us gets annoyed or frustrated. Um, all right. Would you rather give up cuddles? Oh, cuddles. I love cuddles. Would you rather give up cuddles for the rest of your life or give up kissing for the rest of your life? That That's easy I for me. I would give up kissing. I mean, really? Yeah. I'd give up cuddles. That's oh. interesting. How can I? But that means I couldn't like cuddle you every night when we go to bed. Yeah, I know. But that's way more meaningful for you than it is for me. Yeah. Because once I go to bed, I want to sleep. I want to cuddle. So, <clears throat> yeah. They both suck, don't get me wrong, but yeah, for me, 
Definitely kissing. All right, next. Would you rather your relationship suffer from miscommunication or lack of communication? Miscommunication, because I think you can keep working on that. But lack of communication means someone's not making the effort to actually verbalize and communicate. That's interesting. So for me, I find it is a specific ring of hell when people don't understand what I'm saying. Like that, that really bothers me. And yeah, I feel like I choose my words so specifically that when I'm being really, I perceive myself as being really clear yeah. and the person's still not getting me, that's such a wind up. Yeah. So yeah. I think of like, okay, well, if there's lack of communication, we can work on that. Like we could, hey, let's sit down. Let's like, you know, schedule it, whatever the case may be. The lack of communication to me is actually, I interpret it like you're not bothering to make the effort. Yeah, I see it as the they're the same, right? If if either of them are perpetual states, you're screwed. If they can be either can be remedied, then neither of them in that sense is a big deal and it just comes down to personal preference. So, I would definitely rather live in a perpetual state of not feeling like we had enough communication than we're communicating all the time and we don't understand each other. That in one scenario, you get the same outcome, which is you don't understand each yeah, other. Yeah, and in yeah. one scenario, you're spending a lot of time to not understand each yeah, other. Yeah, but I find that in talking about it, there's new nuances that I'm understanding about you that I didn't understand before. Yeah, but then you don't so have miscommunication. Like... <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. Like, if it's a perpetual state, then. <laughs> touche, Billy. Touche. All right. Back to the fan question. All right, we've got Daniel Breeze. What's up, Daniel? Oh, How boy. do you guys stick to a healthy diet and prepare meals, keep things tidy when you're both so busy? My girlfriend used to take care of these things but has now become more busy and I'm trying to figure out how we can still prepare homemade food and keep a clean house while both being, um, being super, super busy. busy. Well, I think the first question is, um, how important is it to you and how important is it to your partner to keep clean and keep a healthy diet and keep regimented um, because if someone's not pulling their weight is it because it's necessarily not important to them so cleanliness is never important to you um, you're not fussy about how you eat you'll grab a plastic fork and a paper plate and you'll just do that but I take a long time I'll cook I'll get my you know all my accoutrements and um, so I take 10 times longer and we've just learned okay well the two don't work together. So you take care of you, I take care of me during the week because we're so busy and we just don't hold each other to that. Like even at night, I eat dinner by myself, I eat breakfast by myself. Yeah, so here's the real answer. We're in a very fortunate position where we can afford to pay somebody to come in multiple times a week and clean. Um, so that is a tremendous burden lifted. Um, when we didn't have that, it was more stressful. And when we didn't have that, though, for the vast majority of the time, you weren't working, which that helped. Well, no, when we started Quest, the first couple of years, we didn't have anything. Is that I wrong? Was, yeah, I was making all the And you things. don't think that was more stressful? Oh, it was definitely more stressful, but I found ways like I would go to Costco and buy their big rotisserie chicken. And do I meal would, prep. And do meal prep. Like, how can I you know, keep my costs as low as possible? So Costco's great their roast rotisserie chickens lovely and it's big and that would do like three meals so cost wise it was great time wise i saved a ton of time you don't necessarily care about so what are like your top three tips mm, top three tips is find well first of all i think you need to establish who's more hardcore about it than the other Okay. Because one person may be like, I really don't care. Like, I'll just grab a protein shake and I'll, I'm on the go. So if that's the solution and one of you doesn't care, then great, do that. 
But if one of you is like, no, I want a healthy meal, I want to sit down, um, it's important to me, then how do you do it in a speedy manner? Um, who's going to have that responsibility? Because if I turned to you and I was like, I want a proper meal, and I said, but I need you to go and make it or figure it out, you'd be like, well, that doesn't work for me. You would, wouldn't you? Yeah. I don't necessarily, so I think you need to navigate and figure out that answer first. Okay. Um, and so if you were saying, I don't care, I'll have a protein powder, but for me, I do care. I would go, how do I find it cheaply? How do I do it quickly because I'm too busy? Um, and what does satisfy me? So for me, it was a rotisserie chicken. I would go to Costco. I would buy two big rotisserie chickens. I would literally take it apart, put them in little baggies, freeze them. That literally took me like, 10 minutes to do going to Costco it was like oh hey we're having date night let's stop off I don't think I actually did this so I'm going to give a real answer because it was me that wanted it and not you I would take care of it okay and I wouldn't put that burden on you am I not giving tips not quite maybe not quite succinctly so to maybe summarize so you've got you want to get people to agree on what's important, mm-hmm. buy in bulk, meal prep, and then a third one. While you think of that, I'll say my top three are um, decide what your goals are because everything's got to work backwards from that. Stop caring so much about non-important bullshit and stop caring so much about mm-hmm. non-important bullshit. So those are my top three. Goals, nothing else matters. And so I think people yeah. get hung up on small shit that doesn't matter. Let your house be filthy unless your mm-hmm. goal is a clean house then start with your goal and let everything else go. And that actually has caused friction between you and I because I literally don't give a shit. Like if it isn't our primary goal, yeah. everything in, is in service of that in my life. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I used to be the person that would wash dishes right after eating and now I just let them stack up. So I had to let go of that because you're right. You're like, well, would you rather do dishes or would you rather work on this piece of art or something like that? Right. So, And that actually put things into perspective for me. Um, all right, next question. Laura Betts, given you're already moderately sufficiently healthy, in, is there any business or cognitive and emotional stability benefit to being super lean? I'm not in the health business, but will but we'll going next level healthy and lean to be worth it to my personal project? So basically, is there any added benefit to being super lean? And the answer is, um, depending on where we define super lean, no. So I don't think that most people can maintain a level of hyperleanness. I think that when you see those photos, it's people get into that shape, they take the photos, and then they get back out. Maybe they go back in. Maybe they do that a couple times a year. Uh, but the reality is for guys to be much below 10% body fat, starts to get stressful below 8 to get into the 6 and below range is like just brutal. And most people, unless they are genetically very gifted, are not going to stay there. So far more important than your just absolute leanness is going to be your biomarkers. Now getting lean versus super lean I think is very important. And within a range, let's call it 11 to probably 9% body fat for guys and more for women. I won't even throw a number around, which would just be just freakishly controversial. Even the number I just threw out for guys would be controversial. Um, I would say that eh, in that range, you're fine. Um, and yeah, checking your biomarkers, that, that's the big thing. So, uh, what are your, uh, what's it called? HA1C levels. So your blood sugar, um, over time, that's big. What's your, um, acute blood sugar? Uh, do a challenge blood glucose test. So how rapidly does your body bounce back from a spike in glucose? 
Um, things like that are way, way, way more important than being lean. But don't fool yourself that there is a range. Like if you start getting too north of, for guys, too north of 15%, you're probably starting now to decline in, uh, in terms of um, health. But th they're pretty wide ranges. So yeah, don't get crazy lean. Don't worry about that. All right. I just let you answer that there question. There it is. There you have it. <laughs> um, all right, next question. Guys, we're answering live, so just submit your questions and we will get to them. All right, this is from Michael Joggerlift. My wife and I recently opened gym just south of downtown San Diego. Our goal is to use fitness as an entry point into people's lives in order to show them that they can create whatever life they want. What would you say is the best part of impacting the world with your significant other? Wow, the best part of impacting the world? Um, ah. So to be honest, the impacting the world is like a big goal, but that isn't like the, the emotional connection that I feel to you. That really just has to do with showing up, trying to be our best, encouraging each other, lifting each other up, um, being there to lean on, somebody that understands exactly what you're going through, having a shared goal, which is just fun to talk about and engage with each other. Mm. Like those are the things that are really fun. The most fun part about impacting the world is really just being able to believe in that. So when it gets hard that you and I have that shared, like what we're doing matters, yeah. that to me is the, the beautiful part of that. For me, it's seeing, like I know how hard you work and how much time and dedication you put into what we do. Like it's so incredible and so admirable um, that it's kind of like you live in this, like I think we live in this somewhat bubble where it's like I see you every day doing content and so it's very abstract from the real world in like compared to when you actually meet someone in person. And so when we went to Vegas, um, literally you got stopped like five times as walking down the hallways and one guy like almost like he, he was in his 50s and he literally stopped you and like started like literally his eyes welled up and he got so emotional because he's like you've just changed my life and for me as the partner it's really um i love seeing that because i know how hard you work and i know how hard like how much dedication you put in so to see that reward to see how much you're impacting people and for me too right i bust my ass behind the scenes and so it's 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 just nice to go wow we did this like we actually affected people's lives and it feels like a joint experience Right, that's super exciting. Um, all right, next question. Um, where's the question? Oh, no. Well, we've got stuff right here. Yeah, yeah. Right here. Oh. Here we go. All right. So, so close. No, you're reading the phone. I was about all right, to. This next question from Sarah Gordon. How do you support and help your partner in the consuming endeavor of creating a new career without slipping into focusing more on him or her than your own career and core needs. Being a caregiver is my natural state and I like that quality in myself, but I can create imbalance. But it can create imbalance. Um, well, it's interesting because the fact that you're asking that question tells me that you have a high degree of self-awareness, which is really the first step. And so if you know that there is a balance that needs to be struck, even doing something as simple as scheduling out what that is, um, how much time you're going to be dedicating to yourself, how much time you're going to be dedicating to your partner, I think is is really important. Both agreeing on the fact that supporting each other is very different than um, 
spending all of your time building that person's career. And so if you both have emotional buy-in, which is something that you and I lived through, which was in the beginning, she was really the support system to my dreams versus like having her own agenda and going in her own direction. And so she was making all my meals, setting my clothes out, everything like that. I'm gonna stop you there actually though, because that's not 100% true, because okay. I was supporting you in your dreams, but our dream together was to make movies. So there was a path um, and I believed in the path and the path was that you were going to go out make the money so that eventually we would have the finances to then make movies So I just want to like that was a dream. That I think we both shared Okay, so I guess I'm more talking about the the day-to-day -day role was your role was facilitating what I was doing 100%. so while unlike an intellectual emotional level like you had the the grander vision um, it was very much a caretaker role. Correct, but and it was in service of a dream that we had together. Right, for sure. Um, I'm just trying to think, somebody watching this, I, what I want them to understand is the transition we went through was then, it wasn't that anymore. You weren't in a caretaker role. Mm -hmm. I had to let go of that. Mm -hmm. um, I no longer had you focused on facilitating what I was doing. It then really became, you had an agenda, you were going after that agenda, and then I had to support myself, you had to support yourself, and we had to talk through like, what does that look like? And it doesn't mean that you're not being supportive now that you've got your own thing, and actually gave me a chance to really be supportive in a way that I hadn't been up till that point, because in some ways, it because we were pointed in the same direction of you facilitating what I was doing and it was working towards this grander goal like you were talking about, I didn't have to think about mm -hmm. what does it look like to turn away from actual time on what I'm trying to build and really make sure that I'm supporting you and what you're trying to do. And so that, like finding that balance and maybe more so for me, but I had to go through that of, okay, it's not from a time and resource perspective, it's not just about my goal. Mm. You now have your own goals, you have your own responsibilities. And even though they were still feeding, because we were both at Quest, so they're still feeding into the same big goal, but on a day-to-day -day basis, it might as well have been two separate companies. Mm. In terms of allocating right, time and right, attention right. and helping you and yeah. supporting you or you helping me and supporting me, like you helping me and supporting me did not get your daily tasks done mm -hmm. and vice versa. And so the process of really wanting the other person to win was really critical and that was something that I really focused on and you know talking about you get what you focus on like the more I focused on I want her to win and I want her to smash it regardless of whether or not it's building towards the same thing I just want to see you happy and smashing it and so and then also just knowing of the other person like they've got their own goals and things that they're pushing towards and so we can't um, be overly greedy with their time aimed at me or my time aimed at you. Yeah. And I remember you saying that to me, like, look, you know, you're not doing all the things that you did. And I used to stress about it because I'm like, okay, I want to be an entrepreneur and I love what I'm doing, but I'm not, can't, I want to take care of you as well. And I would try to do everything. And the truth is it just like, it wore me down and I got frantic and I just got so stressed because I was trying to do everything. I was still trying to be the wife that you were used to. And then I was still trying to go for this thing that I really enjoyed, which was helping with Quest and helping build it. 
and it was just stressing me out and I remember just saying like I don't know if I can do everything and I remember you turning to me and saying look I love it that you take care of me I love it that you do all this stuff for me but I see you come alive when you're at work and you're like so as much as I want to be selfish and say yes stay at home and just take care of everything the truth is when I see you come alive it makes you happy and so ultimately when you have to weigh the two between okay well making you happy taking care of your food and your clothes but making you happy because I bring joy when you see me excited and enthusiastic and lively. You're like, there's, there's, it's an easy decision. I want you to be happy and come alive. So then it made me feel less guilty about not doing all the other stuff because I was like, okay, I need to let go of that and I need to just own that that's, um, that's the way, you know, um, that's the adaptation we're going to have to do. Mm. So. All right, so that's it for today. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us. And by the way, don't forget that Health Theory drops tomorrow at 7.30 a.m.? 7? 7 a.m. Pacific Time, YouTube. Go check it out. It's a show that really marries the body and the mind, which is something that's really important to me. So talking about not just um, mindset, but mindset and physical health, diet, exercise, that kind of stuff. Really excited for you guys to see the show. Can't wait to hear what you guys think. Uh, that will be absolutely incredible. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care. Bye. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now, building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.